0: Everybody, welcome to Real Life Sci-Fi with Wade and Willie. I'm Wade. I'm Willie. This is Starburns Audio produced podcast that feels like I'm at the bar with y'all. That's a uh, review by Claim437 on uh, Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for your five star review. Thank you. you. Five star review. Leave it on Apple Podcasts. We'll read it on the air. Let me just read the rest because it's very weird. I don't understand a lot of it. Love the show. Wait, well, first of all, I don't even understand the first line. Tevin Tane talking, whatever that means. (laughs) Love the show. Listen from the very beginning and turned my buddy uh, Terrell onto the show. I'm dumb, drunk, and in love with y'all. Love the new music stings and love... Are those new or not? Are they?
1: Oh, they're pretty new. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. And love Willie's appearance in the show community and the Manx or Jonah's music videos. Oh, so real life sci-fi long live real sci-fi and long live dandelion massacre. I don't understand 90% of that review, but thank you so much.
1: Yeah, no, man. There's some deep cuts there. Meaning Wade doesn't know half of those things. (laughs) Just kidding.
0: Uh, (laughs) And listen, go to our, go to our Patreon. If you want to get two bonus episodes a week, just go to patreon.com slash real life sci-fi. Uh, Willie, how's it going?
1: Uh, Oh, uh, it's going pretty good. When I think about the state of the world, I'm like, I don't, I don't watch regular news, and I'm like, I feel like things are getting better, but we'll see. How do you feel? With that? Oh,
0: wow, I'm not, I'm not How optimistic like that. Um, I, yeah, I feel like everything's getting worse. Uh, let's welcome aboard the SSRLSF, uh, our friend, writer Andy Petruzzo. Andy, thanks for being here. Hey guys, thanks for having me on. What's friend, up? Of the,
2: friend of the pod. What's yeah. up?
0: <laughs>
2: it's a different oh. podcast. What is that, a
0: Doughboys thing?
2: Uh, I think it's uh it's a political podcast.
0: Oh, okay. The name um, escapes me. So I well we're gonna get into what we're gonna get into in a little bit, but like how where are you on these on these conspiracy theories? Well I've sort of a young,
2: well, I, when I was younger, I thought of myself as Fox Balder. I, I had a UFO experience when I was six years old. And I would say that that experience has been, it's been formative in my life. I think that it's really informed a lot of, of different things.
0: Okay, so, I want to hear, I definitely want to hear more about that. But I feel like we should just jump into the wow scale okay to to get into that because yeah. the first question is a three-part question oh and for those of you listening the wow scale stands for wade or willy it's a zero to five scale if you're a zero you're more of a wade if you're a five you're more of a willy wow scale First question, three-part question. Do you believe in aliens? If so, have they visited Earth? If so, have they visited Earth in the last 300 years? Yes, yes, yes.
2: Let's All right, so
0: now tell your UFO story. That's the reason I started it.
2: Okay, okay. So do I believe in aliens? Um, I have to say yes. You know, just just really quickly, this has been a really big week for UFO disclosure. I mean, on top of everything else that's happening, obviously we had the more of the Nimitz stuff last month, and I know you guys had a had a show about that. Um, but this new study that said there's 36 civilizations capable of of uh, communicating on an yeah, interstellar that was level. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, just just this past week. And 36 wonder- civilizations on Earth
1: in our in our galaxy. In our galaxy,
2: yeah. And I, I don't know what sort of set of factors factored into this equation, um, but sure, I'll take 36. That sounds pretty good. Um, so, I, so I just wanted to kind of set the, set the table for it. this. is an exciting... Obviously, so much is happening globally, but there's a trickle of disclosure stuff happening and, it, and it's very exciting. So my UFO experience, I am six years old. I'm in first grade and we, we lived in a suburb of Houston called um, the name escapes me. See my, my story's bullshit already. Uh, (laughs) So it was a school night and it was about 10 PM and everybody was asleep. And I get up to get a drink of water and I'm walking down the hallway.
1: How many siblings you got?
2: I have an older sister. Word. And so I'm walking down the hallway and then there's sort of, there's like the living room, the kitchen, and then there's a backyard with a screen door. And um, I noticed a yellow light that I could see through the screen door. And so I was kind of mesmerized by it and walked up to the screen door. And then I see a cigar shaped object and it's kind of, it's all yellow, it's all light. And it's kind of pulsating and it's kind of darting around. With, uh, I, I'm, I'm sort of dart making like hard, it's like hard right angle turns. Um, and I, I think I knew enough to know this is not an airplane. Airplanes do not travel this way. Um, and I didn't have the presence of mind to take a picture. You know, I'm, I'm six. I barely, I didn't really know what a UFO was. I wasn't thinking about UFOs at that time after about, I'd say a minute or two minutes, it disappears. It's sort of like, I'm in Atwater Village in LA, and if I was to see like a, plan, a plane that's gonna land at Burbank, it would kind of be, so like you could see that it's an airplane, so it wasn't like right there in my backyard, it's still off in the distance. And I would say that is, uh, I, I've tried to be hypnotically regressed about this incident. I don't know, I, I, it could have be, been my six-year-old brain playing tricks on me, I leave room for possibility for that. But um, I would say that fundamentally changed the course of my life back in 1989. So I hate to get so serious right off the bat. I realized this is a comedy. Oh, no,
1: that's fucking podcast. Cool, man. I think that's rad. I think it's, it's interesting to set the stage for, yeah, people have experiences. Everyone's belief set is different and everyone's experiences are different. And, I'm I'm fascinated listening to it. You know, I, I think that as a si- your memory of what your, the six year old version of you can remember. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to say it's not accurate, but I'm not going to say, but I'm like, Oh, it's fucking cool. It's shaped. You notice it. It was weird. You remember it. Okay. Yeah. That's
0: my question. At what point in your life did you start to think like, did I make all of that up? You know,
2: the thought has occurred to me. It, it is. It is possible. I mean, I'm so. I'm such a fan of all this stuff, and read so much about UFOs, and like I was like a huge X Files fan, and all the rest. It's possible that I that I did invent this out of whole cloth. I, I don't think so because I can still I can still kind of remember it. But I, I've now told the story so many times. I just wonder if I haven't memorized a lie that I told
0: at some well, point. I,
1: but I, you know, my whole life I was looking for Santa Claus because I believed in him, mm-hmm. and I was looking for uFOs because I wanted to believe in them too, and I never saw either one I didn't create a story. I'm not saying that like
0: well, no, I just mean like i'll I'll have memories from around that age, and then just the nature of memory is to just be like is that a, is that a real memory that I had, or was that a dream that I had at it, some yeah. point you know so it's like
2: the, there's okay. a second part yeah. There's, there's a second part to the story that I think I did make up, that I was telling people at some point. So right around this time, then I think I became obsessed with UFOs, and I was asking my mom, what, what are UFOs? And she, she kind of encouraged this belief. My dad tended to discourage this belief. Um, but I was watching a movie. It's a made-for-TV movie that came out in the 70s, starring James Earl Jones and the mom from Roseanne, called The Interrupted Journey. And it was a dramatization of the Betty and Barney Hill
0: UFO. Right. Oh, wow. <laughs> the, the mom from Roseanne was Roseanne.
1: <laughs> you mean, you mean, you mean Roseanne? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes.
0: <laughs>
2: no, I meant Roseanne. Uh, no, the, the, the old lady who played Roseanne's mom in the original yeah, the, show.
0: Yeah, the old kind
2: of bitchy lady. Yeah, I, I, I,
1: I haven't seen that. That's cool. Uh, James Earl Jones played uh, Barney Hill. That's cool.
2: Right. Because this was they were an interracial interracial couple. And this was like, you know, made for TV movie on ABC. And for some reason, I'm watching it with my mom when I'm like around this age. And uh, it shows, you know, they're driving in New Hampshire. They see a star and then it turns out to be a UFO. And then sure enough, aliens abduct them. And we're seeing aliens doing these really scary uh, experiments on them. Wait, out. That's
1: side question. I'm sorry to interrupt you.
2: Did, no, no, no. Did
1: they get into the star charts?
2: Yeah, they showed the... Okay, go on. From go what on. I recall, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, Betty Hill was shown, according to her testimony, her, uh, what do you call it? Regression Recollectomy. hypnotherapy, Recollectomy. that she was being shown star charts of where this UFO was from, and, uh, and apparently it's from the Zeta Reticuli system. Anyway, this is the all this is just to say I then started having recurring dreams of little gray beings being in the house and I would later, you beating? know, I Wait, was talking
1: Beating in the house? What would you say?
2: Oh, I had recurring dreams of little gray aliens being in the house beating. at nighttime.
1: Okay, okay. Did you and then communion?
2: Oh, yeah.
1: Communion's fucking, go on.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I I think that, you know, it's possible that I saw the movie before I had my UFO sighting. It's possible. I I was talking to a uh, UFO researcher in Sedona named Belinda Leslie, and she was like, oh, you've got to get hypnotically regressed. You sound like you're an abductee. And that's a road that I haven't wanted to go down at all.
0: I'm just looking up Estelle Parsons, the mom from Roseanne, (laughs) and she has the same birthday as me.
2: (laughs) Whoa. Hey, look at this. Synchronicity. Do you guys, uh, do you watch the Connors? Is that a good show? Uh,
1: I saw one, and I was uh, impressed at how forward thinking it was.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's very progressive. Keep that, Roseanne, off Twitter. Almost to a nauseating extent. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Are they still Trump supporters in the show? Anyway. Well, yeah. I don't know, because
0: they got rid of Roseanne, right? And then But the yeah. the, the one kid is like gay or something.
2: <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I'm not uh I kudos to them for pulling it off without Roseanne. But
0: yeah, do you believe in ghosts? Uh
2: yes, I do believe in ghosts. I you know, so many people throughout my life have told me their ghost stories and they're deadly serious about it and i could sense that they believe it i personally never had a ghost experience um but just uh, uh, for instance my uh my mom uh had been a first grade teacher she was a first grade teacher for 30 years and one of the other first grade teachers who she was really good friends with died suddenly and then all of the teachers were at a teacher convention in austin texas and then they all corroborate this story that they saw her apparition in the middle of the night and um, they all believed it. And my mom told me that story. I have no reason to to doubt it. Another, you know, and these are just kind of anecdotes ultimately, but uh, a girl that I was dating at university of Texas, her brother had committed suicide the year before. And then she would tell me that his apparition would come visit her at nighttime. Now, is that the machination of a bereaved mind? Quite possibly in, in both instances. But I hear enough of those to be like, I think, I think something's going on here.
1: Yeah. Um, side question. Whose uh, case or do you like better, Chewies or Magnolia Cafe?
2: Oh, my goodness. You know what? I'm gonna say it's gotta be Kirby Lane. Kirby Lane has really good queso oh, in Austin,
0: Texas. Okay.
2: It's almost like it's almost like a liquid. Honestly, it's a little similar to Chipotle. It's Chipotle's new queso.
1: Didn't know they had that. Okay. I love it. Yeah. I mean listen, I'm fucking Mr. Cheese and when I went to Austin, I was like, oh, I I'm gonna live here one day.
2: You know what's funny is at Chewy's, one of the places you mentioned, a great Tex Mex chain. It started in Austin and there's basically there's like a statue of George W Bush's daughter there because that's where she got arrested for minor in possession. See, <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, that's what we need more it. statues of. <laughs> I know. And I hope that no one tears down that statue because we well, need to remember it.
1: That statue <laughs> is supposed to be was for you to remember the bad thing, right? So it's an opposite style of statue.
0: Right. I think it's just fun to uh give some grief to like a weird public figure that never has <laughs> to be a public figure. Yeah. You no, know, she's immortalized forever for yeah. so she's this just ambiguous some, like, law. Right.
2: She's just some like random girl. She doesn't need this. She's just trying to live her life.
0: Okay, anyway. third question. Do you believe in Bigfoot? Uh this one. You know, the whole
2: field of cryptozoology, I just don't, I don't really care about it. Uh, I feel like like UFOs is kind of like, that's my end to the paranormal. However, I read a great book about the Skinwalker Ranch, and now there's a really dumb show on the History Channel about Skinwalker Ranch. But this is, uh, some of your listeners may be familiar with Skinwalker Ranch, a place in Utah where it's kind of the nexus of all supernatural activity is happening concurrently here. Poltergeists, ghosts, UFOs. And
1: you throw in secret government because, like, the person that bought it is connected to, like, the whole place is crazy.
2: Right. So, yeah, government conspiracy and Bigfoot is all happening, and it's sort of leading to a unified theory of the paranormal, which is this is for whatever reason a place on the earth where the veil between our reality and another reality is thin. And so that's why people are seeing Sasquatch and UFOs. So maybe there's a connection. Uh, I, I'm not here to discount it. I just watched a, a great web series at the uh, urging of Aaron Pierce called Hellier, which deals with this kind of thing. You know what's great and Yeah. About-
1: Speaking of synchronicity, the guy who made Hellier, uh, I we met him at the uh, the last festival that we went to, and uh, he's from our hometown. He's from fucking Loveland, Colorado.
2: Really? So
1: he made this series, and uh, you know it's pretty good. But anyways, go on, go on.
2: It's no, it's the for those who are who are interested. It's on YouTube. It's on Amazon Prime. It's sort of, the production value is really good. A lot of times, like I literally bought a documentary on Amazon Prime the other day by Linda Moulton Howe called Antarctica Secrets Under the Ice about alien bases in Antarctica, and it's literally made an iMovie. <laughs> uh, so I'm always happy to see documentaries that are done with, you know, decent lighting and good editing. But
1: and I, anyway. I like her and I believe in the, the bases under the ice go on.
2: This is yeah. great. Yeah. So, um, uh, Bigfoot. Yeah. Uh, I, am I'm agnostic. I sure. Why not? I don't know. Okay.
0: What about psychics?
2: Psychics. Here's what I think. Uh, I think for every roadside psychic off the interstate that has chakra healing or energy balancing, for every oh, one right. of those, for every California psychic, I'm thinking of was it Dion Warwick with yeah, yeah, Info Marshall? <laughs> uh, for every one of those, I do think that there is a, a psychic that is uh, really tuned into something. You know, for every John Edward, there is, like, a medium that I went to in Sedona, and I'm one of these, you know, I guess I'm one of these freaks that's, like, constantly going to Sedona, like Lena Dunham. But, um... Uh I, I was talking to this medium who knew who knew things and it was a little it was a little eerie. Um so I'm gonna say yes. Yes to psychics.
0: Okay, what about superstitions?
2: You know, I'm a little superstitious when it comes to things like here's a really stupid example. Uh the color of boxer shorts or like boxer briefs that I wear. Will dictate how my day is going to go. So, you ever if choose I, your day then? What's that? Do you,
1: ever, do you ever choose your day or do you let it happen? Do you go
2: like, oh, today. Yeah. This is this is like really. It's again this this, this is really dumb, but it's like, if, oh, I have like I have a big I have like an interview today or something or I'm, I have a job interview or something. It's like I'm gonna wear the the red plaid ones. The, those are powerful. If I want to have like a chill day, I'm gonna wear blue if, if today's just whatever I'm gonna wear the the white and brown pinstripe so anyway that's just you should probably
0: sure. you should probably just get rid of the ones where you get stabbed when you're...
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah those are the green ones don't I don't like those um, I got my tire slashed when I wore those last time
0: yeah all right I mean you are uh, I mean I want to say you're a full five Willy, but I'm gonna take you down. I'm gonna take you down to a four because okay. superstition is more of a weighed question, right? And you kind of hedged it on Bigfoot, so I think I you're did. A four.
2: Yeah. Okay. Now, in your experience, you guys have done hundreds of shows. What does that What does that mean for this interview? Oh, that's just if one, I'm a one, if I'm a four.
0: That's just four. That means that you are going to believe everything that Willie says. <laughs> I and now i'm on an island where i have no friends <laughs> and everything so so basically i'm on the defensive all i can do this episode is crack jokes that's okay. that's what that means
2: that's okay. really funny yeah that's i right. that's great um you know i've i've listened to uh willie uh drunkenly outside of you know channel 101 there might have <laughs> been one or two things that i that i disagreed with um so we'll, we'll see it should be interesting to see Yeah. so Dora 4, is, four
0: is kind of the perfect score right alright Willie what are we talking about tonight on Real Life Sci-Fi
1: close encounters of the fifth kind is there any truth to anything Stephen Greer says he's, he's one of my idols and our guest Andy Petruzzo has gone on one of these events Let's get into contacting aliens with our minds tonight on Real Life Sci-Fi.
2: Love that voiceover.
1: I will say this. Um, you're like one of my favorite people to talk to. <laughs> um, oh. I be, oh I, and I think because when we talk about things, I feel like you listen really well. Um, I know that, uh, yeah, listen, it's not going to be us against you tonight, Wade, because what we're talking about tonight is all of humanity together. You know, these Stephen Greer is, I bring him up all the time on the show. He is our generation's Carl Sagan, but I think they got to Carl Sagan. I think Carl Sagan was, they scared him and he would come up with ideas that would make you think about aliens and the right mindset to have with aliens, but he could never say that aliens were real.
2: Yeah, I don't. Well, first of all, thank you for saying that. I, I like my cat is on the keyboard. Um, Sorry. Yeah, I I can't, I can't uh, really speak to the um, Carl Sagan thing, but I, I love talking to you too. And Wade, we kind of know each other on Zoom only. And I've yeah. enjoyed talking to you in the times when we've, uh, in the one time when we've spoken before uh, for Hot 30 at Channel 101. But um, yes, this is a very good thing that Willie, that you just said, because connecting with ET consciousness is all about a universal, Oneness and we're we're all connected and all that kind of you know hippie bullshit, but uh, that
0: that's what really what it's all about. So yeah, let's let's back up a little bit because so this topic we're just talking about Stephen Greer.
1: Well, uh, Andy, so Stephen Greer has he's a guy that created cSETI, the search, the search for extraterrestrial intelligence. What's the C stand for? I missed the C uh, I, be, I
2: believe it's the Center for the Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence.
0: The Wikipedia says Center for the Study of Extraterrestrial Intelligence.
2: I I stand corrected.
0: He died as a kid.
2: You're ta- Yeah, Stephen Greer had a near-death experience as Oh, okay. A, okay. as a as a child and for him, just like with my aforementioned UFO encounter, he claims that that led him on on this uh, this path, that light
1: cracked open his mind to see other things. You know that led him on the path. Yes, and so um, he has had for years now um, this experience that you can have in the desert, where people get together and they meditate and they try to contact be aliens that are visiting us. Yeah, and they, and basically they are visiting us because you're meditating, trying to contact them. And so um, um, Andy has gone on one of these things, and I, I we should start with that. You should tell your story with that, and then we can backtrack and say a little bit about Stephen Greer, and then.
2: Yeah, let's let's do that. So. Yeah. So set the scene. How weird was it? <laughs> okay. Uh, let me let me just deal with this cat for a second. I'm gonna I'm gonna put her outside for a minute.
1: <laughs> I think it's funny when there's a cat that like needs all the attention and meows to get pet. I've seen a few of those. My sister's cat will meow until you pet her like nonstop 24 hours a day.
2: This is this is my life. This is this is what I'm doing now in the time of COVID. It's paying attention to my cat. So okay, so 2013, uh you guys might be familiar with Contact in the Desert, the UFO you know, uh, Woodstock for the UFO set out in Joshua Tree that they have every year. And um, so I went, and it was my first time, and I, I specifically went because there was this workshop that you could sign up with with Stephen Greer, and he was leading a meditation that started around 10 p.m. So we're really out in the, I mean, we're out in Joshua Tree in the middle of nowhere. And hundreds of people are in sort of, lawn chairs and he leads us in this incredible meditation and we are sitting there quieting our minds and in some cases I want to say at some point we're holding hands with the person the the people next to us and um, and then we invited any extraterrestrial entities that might be nearby we sort of pictured Uh, The point on the map of Joshua tree and sort of had pictured them vectoring in like a Google map zooming in right on one point on the earth. So we were kind of like saying, come visit us. And this went on for several hours. And then toward the end, um, it it gets hard to remember the exact details because uh, I like a lot of other people was high. Uh, how, could you, how could you not be in this situation?
1: Did you go by yourself or did you have a friend? I went with my
2: friend uh, James. We were kind of Stephen Greer fans. We His movie Serious had just come out and we, yeah. we met Stephen Greer at LA Live because he was doing the live premiere of the movie. So we were like yeah. really jazzed about Stephen Greer in 2013. So we're out here and we're sitting next to each other and then sure enough, in this moment of stillness, people start going... Oh my God, what is that? Did you see that? Oh my God. And then people are saying, oh my God, there's a, there's a purple blob over there off, off in the distance. And people are, are like alternately ooing and eyeing. I personally didn't see anything, but my friend James got blurry photos of like a little purple something. Could have just been a streak of purple light from, I don't know, somebody's phone. But um, people were convinced that they saw something and I left thinking that was cool. I, I would have liked to have seen something and come away with something concrete. Um, I would say, you know, at, at best, it was a fun experience and, and uh, it's fun being out in the desert in the middle of the night with a bunch of people. That's cool. I, at worst, I dropped you know, 70 or 80 bucks on a, on a, on a charlatans um, con game. So depending on how you want to look at it.
1: But you say that defensively, but you don't believe it was that right. You don't believe it.
2: Well, you know, I think any discussion about CE five and Steven Greer. So, so he came out with a documentary in April, uh, it premiered in April six, and it's called CE five Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, and he's positing that, you know, first first kind is is seeing a ship. Second kind, forgive me if I'm insulting your intelligence here. Uh, second kind is physical traces of a UFO. Third kind, uh, making contact with a being. Fourth kind,
1: seeing occupants or uh... yeah,
2: yeah. Fourth kind is an experience on the ship or an abduction, and fifth kind is making mental contact with uh with aliens so this is his latest documentary and it's all about sort of sidestepping the military industrial complex he's saying that we shouldn't wait for the government to give us official disclosure that the best way that we can move forward as a civilization is to individually make contact with benevolent ETs. And his whole thesis is all ETs are good ETs. If they wanted to destroy us, they would have done it by now. Um, And obviously this makes him a very controversial figure within the UFO community because there are those who maintain that there's 17 races here and some of them are, are malevolent, some of them are neutral, some of them are benevolent, benevolent Um, but this is kind of his new thing and what is the best way to get in contact with the with these extraterrestrial intelligences uh, says dr. Stephen Greer well it's to pay $9.99 in the app store to to buy my app that will tell you how to meditate to make UFOs come now I'm not against him making money but I think that that is a uh, that is an aspect of this this sort of emerging CE5 thing that needs to be discussed?
1: Well, it's a weird thing because... Um, um, no, I, I treat him as important as somebody would treat a pope. And I, and I say that because... And I don't think... For, for, for anybody out there that thinks that I'm gullible, like, I disagree with you. <laughs> <laughs> and um, um, I think that he needs to charge for everything because he goes around the world on his own dime and he like he actually is someone who is probably eventually going to get suicided
2: well yeah and he definitely touches on that in the uh in the documentary and the doctor uh he was an emergency room physician in north carolina he was the head of an emergency room department and making a very good living. And then, I guess because of this experience, uh, you pointed to Willie and his youth, um, he was ready to throw it all away to, his big thing was called the Disclosure Project in the 90s. And this was getting government and military people and and uh, corporate people on the record.
1: Uh, astronauts, he had five-star generals he had, he had all the expert witnesses in the United States that have seen UFOs, and if you heard them tell the story, you'd be like, "Well, I need to believe you because you're fucking, you're, you're a fucking
2: yeah, a fucking yeah asshole. on, on some on some level one with Stephen Greer, you kind of need to start at, at the beginning, which is. He's just trying to get people to call to go on the record. So he has like five hundred hours of mini DV tapes of people coming forward on the record. And um
1: and he's trying to create a safe place for people to tell their story because he has so many people with him. And right. So he's the first person to actually get real credible people to say, We need to go to Congress. This is real the american people deserve to know about this that was his whole right
2: i I would say for the ufo skeptics um this book there's there's a book that's a condensed transcripts of all these interviews and it's called disclosure it came out in 2006 it is from beginning to end i would say the most compelling bit of ufo evidence that, that we have uh i'll just quickly go into one of One of the classic examples. So there was a FAA official in the mid 80s. Uh, He was, uh, he worked at the FAA in Washington. I don't remember his exact position, but um, there was a Japan Airlines, uh, they're tracking a Japan Airlines flight in Alaska and they got a UFO on the radar scope and they're talking to the pilot about it and uh, they have reams of, of data and evidence. And then he claims the CIA came to visit them and asked for everything, only he held on to the radar tapes, he held on to the transcripts with the pilot, and there were something that there was a ton of witnesses. So for those and who say, Well, why don't why don't people UFO. what's that?
1: And it was a giant UFO, just saying yeah. it's huge. And the and screw- for- yeah, there's so much, and, and em- there's
2: like there's like 50 of these of these examples. So I mean, yeah, I'm not here to do Stephen Greer's work for him, but um, that's that's uh, that's a place uh, that he that's where he kind of started. Now one of the one of the interviews that he did that figures prominently into the CE5 documentary is uh, he did an interview with Carol Rosin, who was a woman who was the assistant to Edward Teller. The inventor, the father of the H bomb, and uh, apparently, according to Carol Rosen, on Edward Teller's deathbed, he said, uh, "The next big boogeyman after communism is going to be a staged alien invasion. Um, they're going to use things like holograms and other technology. Wait, to
1: you're make talking alien invasion? You're talking Warner von Braun, right?"
2: Did I say? I, yes, I'm sorry. I, I thought, yes, yeah, yes yeah, yeah. you're right. You're right. Okay, thank that, you. That,
1: the first head of NASA. This was his, he said on his deathbed.
2: Right. Not no. Edward Teller. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. I say it correctly. Um, so that you've, was going to be.
0: You've blown your credibility. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe anything that you say. From uh, this forward. Shit. Uh it. Listen, this is a good place to take a quick break. Let's take a quick break, and then when we come back, we're gonna we're gonna get into my questions about Stephen Greer. Willy Bad Movies presents
1: a time traveler. Hey, Mister, are you from the future? Ah, uh, yeah. I got a lot of things to let you guys in on. The, the information that I have could save you all if you'd only listen. Motion Elements. I've been here before. This isn't his first time here. I've been here before. Motion Elements. And it won't be his last. you never listen. You never listen to me! I'm trying to save your dumbass. Grandpa from the future. Whose grandpa are you? I'm everybody's grandpa! Grandpa from the future. Motion Elements. This is not his first time. Grandpa from the future.
0: Hey, everybody! Welcome back to Real Life Sci-Fi. We're talking to our friend Andy Petruzzo about Stephen Greer, who's jacked, by the way. Um, weird face, compensating for his weird face <laughs> with his muscles. No he,
2: offense. He, I, so I met him at this premiere of his movie serious at LA live. And then that's so cool.
1: I I've wanted to do all these things. But I didn't do anything.
2: It was, I, I was just like, I had just moved to LA and I was like, you know, I was like wanting to meet George Norrie and Stephen Greer. And yeah. like, you know, that's what I wanted to do when I came to LA. Um, but I, one thing that you, if you see him in person and obviously you watch these documentaries, You will see he is jacked. He's extremely muscular and he does have a very strange face.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, So here's what I want to do because let's pretend or let's say that that's a less judgmental way to, to phrase this. Let's say that he's right. We can believe him. He's not selling a $10 app to uh, screw people over. He's doing it because it works. I mean, I don't. Whatever. I, I, I think that there is
2: room for for critique of of. Uh, that's of so, Britt. but
0: that's kind of my go-to. Like, mm-hmm. and it's and it's kind of a, a tired argument. Um, well, but for, I do think that anytime, I do think
2: that there are real there are real areas uh, that that we can get into, that within the UFO community, he's about as controversial as it as it gets.
0: Um, oh. Well, so I was gonna I was gonna move to like beyond even that. We can talk about that, but my question was, let's believe him, right? And okay. let's say, okay, there are whatever. What does he say? ETS is that is that the proper terminology?
2: I guess the the premise is the military industrial complex, as evidenced by the FA eighteen gun camera footage with uh on the Nimitz and the DOD and Navy disclosures from December of 2017 and from last month and to the stars Academy and all this stuff is to whip people into a state of fear about aliens such that we can militarize space. And we already see evidence of this with the space force. Um, And what he's saying is this is bad. All, all ET races who are here are benevolent There's evidence that they've deactivated ICBM bases and stuff.
1: They're benevolent is that we've shot down a bunch of their crafts. Now, whether the thing like he can go on for days about how they did, you know, I've I've mentioned it before, like Roswell, there was a weaponization of some radar technology that shot them out of the sky, and in all of our situations of us shooting them down, they've never retaliated. So according to him, you yep. have some crafts of theirs, we have back engineered them and that it's kept from every I mean, you know, it it's yeah. it's weird be well, I don't want to go too far on anything, but what? he is an yeah. advocate for for the fact that we can individually communicate with them, And mm-hmm. and he's, he says that our there are people in our government that have communicated with them before, like yep. like uh, yeah, who's the president that uh, the one that that everyone talks about had the meeting Eisenhower.
2: Yes, he yes. says that
1: Eisenhower did have the meeting, and and but ultimately, here's the thing: we because the biggest argument that anybody has in this realm is. If we can talk to them, like, why aren't they saving us? You know, he he says that we need to bypass the sociopaths of these covert programs. That there are a few people. There are only a few people that are in charge of everything that like matters to us in this realm. You know, like picture picture the aliens showing up. Like the president's going to talk to us not me. And that's bullshit. And he's saying, yeah, we can talk to him. And and let's say 99% of the world is a nice person and and wants only good for humanity. Well, the 1% that are, forget about the 1%ers, but the actual 1% that are our leaders, they are the ones that are making us not contact
2: Sure. They, they want to keep in We're place they, they want to maintain this paradigm of oil money, we,
1: oil the, system. The,
2: the the petrodollar federal reserve system, fractional reserve banking around the world. Um, I mean, it boils down to, it's, it's really like the plot of the day the earth stood still the, the first one, not the Keanu Reeves one, um, where, because we started exploding, atomic bombs and then h bombs that's why Klaatu and gort show up uh, in front of the washington monument and then they tell us basically if you're if you're going to extend your violence into space we're going to reduce this earth of yours into a burned out cinder um, so one could say okay Stephen greer's copying a sci-fi movie from 1951 on another hand i think he's got a i think he's got a good point if they wanted to destroy us, they would have done so by now. And really, the only option left is for us to come together as citizens and try to make peaceful contact, to, to, and we, to evolve.
1: It's weird because we are, by doing nothing in situations, we are allowing everything to happen. There are nuclear weapons all over the earth. We haven't said, get rid of them. There are people dying for war. We're shooting people. There's there's weapons happening every day. It's not on our news radar. I can't say that it's our fault, but we are allowing this to happen because it's happening.
2: It's true. It's true. And completely absent from any political discussion now is any talk of denuclearization. This was obviously in fashion forty, thirty, forty years ago, but we still have four or five hundred Minuteman threes and tr- and Trident twos on the submarines, and then we're in a, a new nuclear arms race with the Chinese and Russians, and hypersonic missiles, and EMPs, and space war. And so, so
1: this whole thing is is that until we get rid of this stuff, you know, because everyone keeps thinking that we we they need to be our savior, but it's like, why should they save us if we're allowing all this stuff to be happening?
2: Yeah. Yeah,
1: and That's the real argument. So it, no matter what side of the fence you're on, it's like, mm, it's weird because from the humanity aspect, we're doing a bad job of being humans.
2: Right. Well, you know, and, and to the question of why aren't they helping us, um, I wonder if it isn't something akin to the Prime Directive and in, in Star Trek. Like they, they could give us the recipe for free energy. And who knows, according to some, we've already been given that or we've reverse engineered it from craft that we shot down in uh, Roswell. But I I don't want to stray too far from your question, Willie. So if we so if we if we take it as an axiom that that what Stephen Greer is telling is true and go ahead.
0: Oh me? Oh yeah, we both put you listen, up for I no mean long. you've you've kind of you've kind of answered it already. So the whole point is listen, I hate to say this, but you guys this sounds like a we don't know what to do, we're throwing our hands up in the air, let the aliens save us. <laughs> like Deuce ex machina, like hand of God, sort of like i don't know like religious kind of deal where because we are not good at humanity i think inarguably right the the only answer is um for these aliens who like a lot of us or ets or whatever you're calling them to to come and save us and it feels counterproductive
1: at best let me tell you let me let me tell you the saving grace Unless you were continuing.
0: No, that, that's my whole point. Like, if, if if I'm understanding what you're saying, Stephen Greer is just saying, like, we need to open up and listen to these people,
1: right? He's saying this, that like, okay, Edgar Mitchell, who was the, he was an astronaut that le- that w- went to the moon. When he went to the moon, he had an experience that led him to create the noetic sciences—is uh, it a foundation? I don't know.
2: Basically, I believe it's it's Ions Institute for noetic. I don't know. It, it's it's Ions is the acronym.
1: But what the idea is is that he had such he had an experience when he was on the moon, and he was like, "Well,
0: <clears throat>
1: basically, it's getting into like field theory that basically." What he experienced in his mind affected other people. And, and, and so Stephen Greer goes into the idea that all that humanity needs is 1% of the population of humanity to meditate. Yeah, you know, That's it. That like when you get into a meditative state, um, you can affect people around you. There's this yeah. thing called the Maharasha effect. Am I saying that right, Maharasha. Yeah. That like they would go into cities and they would meditate without anybody knowing, and they would focus on on you know positive things happening, and they and that they could they could show that crimes went down in the city, that they were cities that they were meditating in. And, and so Stephen Greer's whole thing is when we get into the meditative state, that's the only time we, that we can actually have this conversation on our own without anybody in charge. And that like if enough people do it, then they can step in. But if, you know, it basically, like, if you take... This is a really bad parallel. But let's say you had a colony of ants and you wanted to help them, but they kept eating... They kept fighting with this other ant colony. Um, and that you were just trying to say, hey, I'll save you guys if you stop fighting. But the colony as a whole just kept fighting. So it's like, well, I'm not going to save you if you're just going to go kill yourselves, you know? The idea is is that we can't be a destructive species that goes into space. It's almost like you need to grow up.
0: Dude, well, yeah. I agree. We are not ready to go into space. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? Like, yeah. we're, we're fucking like 100, 200 years away from being enlightened enough to go into space. We're the fucking worst. The first thing we, mean,
1: when we go into space is we're going to take over. Let's say that there were people on Mars. We're just going to take it over as soon as we need the resources. Yeah. Now.
2: Yeah. And so yeah. I mean, pop- it, it goes back to, um, it goes back to, uh, day of the earth stood still same, same thing that, uh, that we can't, we can't go into space. We, I mean, and that's what we're doing. We're militarizing space right now. Um, somebody had a half-cocked plan to nuke the moon. I seem to
0: remember. We uh-huh. uh, did nuke the moon. Did we really? Uh, well, no, no. We we
1: we basically sent a set, uh, one of our crafts into it so fast that like it, we watched the explosion. Uh, supposedly, the nuke that we tried to send to the moon, that craft got taken out. I'm gotcha. not sure. There's a guy, Robert. Um, he was the guy that was out of California they had these cameras that could record the missiles going off and he he's the one that says that he's in the video they could see a UFO go up to the missile circle it send a laser beam into it and then the the thing blew up
2: yeah and, and another and I, I think
1: we we're going to nuke the moon what's that Let's see what happens supposedly we're going to nuke the moon to see yeah that.
2: yeah I, and so if if we if we can get something like like you were saying, oh yeah, what?
0: it was never I'm sorry, it was never carried out,
2: okay, okay, but to uh uh if we can get one percent of the population, Stephen Greer argues, or some small percentage, but it has to be a critical mass of human consciousnesses working together it, it doesn't it doesn't work as well if it's just you at your apartment it has to be it has to be like 30 million people or
1: something. So here's the thing. This is the thing. This is how we solve all this. People need proof. And you know what you're not going to get in the UFO world is proof. So what do we need to fucking do? We need to be the Libyans from back to the future. And we need to build, we need to hire somebody to build a nuke and we need to send it to the moon because you know what's going to happen when we send the nuke to the moon The aliens are going to stop (laughs) the nuke from hitting the moon and that will be the proof for everybody.
2: Right. Well, and hopefully, you know, there are these very well-documented cases. Richard Dolan, Linda Moulton Howe, other very respected UFO researchers and Stephen Greer point to many occasions in which these ICBMs are being deactivated by UFOs who are flying over these bases in North Dakota and Montana. Um, I feel like that should almost be proof enough that there are these intelligences those who don't... Those
1: stories don't make it anywhere. I keep hearing those, yeah. but nobody else has heard them.
2: Well, well it's... Yeah, I, I do think you would need some kind of some kind of spectacle to, uh, to get the masses rallied around a particular cause.
0: Um, I mean, the entire problem with this is that it's insane. Like... <laughs> I mean, you guys are talking like a couple of... Uh, like you're you're at a like some kind of political meeting saying like how do we get our message out there right but the message is the problem like, are you say, are you saying that meditating to
2: make aliens come is is dumb
0: <laughs> I'm saying <laughs> that if you wanted to organize a giant one percent of the entire world to meditate at the same time you gotta find a different thing. I don't understand meditation. Do they have to be thinking about aliens when they meditate? Because I think like you got to organize people in a different way. It's doing something.
1: Meditation is such a weird thing that like I I despise guided meditation because the last thing I need is to hear somebody else's voice trying to calm me down. I I learned Vedic meditation and, and it was great to understand how the brain works. The way that it was taught to me I, made it easier for me to get to a meditative state. So here's the thing: when your brain is in a meditative state, there's actually like like we are all vibrational uh, energy beings, and when you get to that state, you emit this this energy at this specific uh, you know hertz or whatever. I fucking don't know what I'm talking about.
0: Wavelength or whatever
1: yeah yeah and when 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 you get there it's weird because your brain your body gets more rest than sleeping and and it, all you have to do is quiet your mind you know mm-hmm. if you can quiet your mind that is the connecting to the universe that I think a lot of animals do that uh, and that's how they have their perceptions of the of their world is so in tune with you know like I, i'm sorry I'm, I'm lost in my shit no, no no i
2: i often see my cat with her eyes rolled back in her head and she's warging apparently and for all i know she's on the astral plane somewhere or or she's reacting to things that aren't there i think you're i think you're absolutely right i think animals are too and this is this is like the most new age sounding bullshit but I do think that the animals are in tune with something. There's yeah. my uh, there's my my thesis. Um,
1: you know, when you find when you find a bunch of whales that have beached themselves, and was like, what the fuck are you doing? And they try to put them back in the ocean. These animals perceive the the um, electromagnetic field, and that's how they see the world. And so, when when the electromagnetic field is is off, not to say that. You know, whatever. I think that we might be going through pole shifts all the time that we are unaware of. But um, they beach themselves because the way that they see the world has changed. Not, uh, mm-hmm. not, you know, like they're not fucking stupid. Like fucking, I don't know. I just swam into this island.
2: Right. So it's like they're they see the way the wind is blowing and sort of like M. Night Shyamalan's the mist. They people are the animals are killing themselves.
1: Well, it's not even that they're killing themselves. It, 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 it's like, like, how does an animal know to fly south for the winter, and how does it, how does it fly south? They
0: okay, suppose- but yeah, but that's all aside. I mean, that's just them understanding the planet better but than I, we do, right? Yeah, I mean, I that has nothing to do with aliens
1: in our minds. We might perceive the, the Earth different, and the, it might be easier for us to communicate with it better. Hmm. I know these are I, different
2: ideas. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's this is such this is such a big uh, a big topic. Um, so, Wait, hang is, on.
0: Can we can we stop down real quick? I'm so worried about Willie's mic because half the time I can't even hear him. Dude, when you export this, does it go out in in three audio channels?
1: Well, I did for this episode. I turned on GarageBand and I'm recording a separate track for me.
0: Okay, cool, then never mind.
2: Okay, so you could bring your levels up. Maybe. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Whitley Streber, um, uh, noted alien abductee. His book, uh, Communion, popularized the alien gray face. It was a bestseller in 1987. Who's the
1: actor that was in that movie?
2: Christopher Walken Christopher played Walken. Him in the movie. I
1: always, I always forget his name, Christopher Walken. Yeah, yeah.
0: And if you're listening to the podcast, I highly oh, suggest. Oh, you don't know me, Christopher Walken. What
1: <laughs> is in my room? You have the same face. How? It's-
0: how do you not know my name, Christopher Walken? Is here, everybody? <laughs> hey, um, thanks
2: for having me, <laughs> um, Christopher. What do you think of
0: uh, talking to aliens through meditating? Is that real? I just want to dance.
1: Weren't you on a boat where uh, somebody k- may have killed his wife?
0: <laughs> I I plead the fifth. Is, is that uh, which which guy was that? Was it Robert
2: like, Wagner's what, Robert wife wife? Wagner, right.
1: Yeah, yeah. He was on the it was just those two and him. They were all on the same
2: boat. What's go what's going on out there on the high seas with this he, very strange man? He killed a man.
1: I don't I don't think uh Christopher Walken had anything to do with it, but he was on the boat. <laughs>
2: Right. So, so watch, watch the movie communion, the adaptation of the book. It's one of the most bizarre film performances ever.
1: Well, and, um, and it's also weird because um, in, in that realm, so, so like Stephen Greer points out that um, there are secret government entities that are performing um, alien abductions. And so, so Stephen Greer is one of those guys that is like, he's, he will, he will put ideas out there that are so crazy that like, I can't believe you. But then he's one of the only people in the world that like, I think is pushing humanity in the right direction. And so um, um, it makes me go like, wow, is this, is this crazy stuff real?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh... But I don't think you are saying that. I think you're just believing it.
1: Well, I, I lean towards believing him because he's shown me so much.
0: <laughs> he, he is,
2: he is, he does have the virtue of, you know, so many people in the UFO field. Um, I'm thinking of Dr. David Jacobs specifically uh, and people like Bud Hopkins. So these are the two abduction researchers. Um, they are furthering a notion about aliens that they are here to abduct people against their will. And this is all about a breeding program in which we are essentially. Cattle to them, and we're gonna give them semen, and we're gonna give them eggs, right, me, and me, it's all me, about. It's me, all. It's it's an affair. It's a nefarious thing. So it's always nice when someone is like, "It's all nice." The aliens are here, and they want to give us free energy, and they want to help us evolve.
1: So, 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 Wade, uh, just to throw this at you, whenever people come along and try to scare you, um, Stephen Greer is the guy that says, "Hey, all of this scare tactic stuff." This is the stuff that's made up. They want you to be afraid of aliens, and 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 so this is the disinformation. The disinformation is, and so so Stephen Greer thinks that. Uh, well, but
0: real quick, real quick, I think that's just disinformation for you guys because I'm completely apathetic to the entire thing. Mm-hmm. Like I don't believe the disinformation. I don't believe the information. It's to me, it's all. Uh, you know, whatever. I'm trying to pay my rent. I say this a lot. I say this a lot where I'm just like, how does any of this affect me? And
1: well, so here's, here's the weird thing. Um, The idea is, is that how do you get people to lie to humanity? You don't let them into the lie. So when you have someone like Neil deGrasse Tyson who puts forth ideas people love him he's the he's the rock and roll scientist you know
2: he has space ties and
1: and and so um, um he's a guy who people trust people love he's he's bringing he's the rock and roll scientist he's making science believable again right um him in the cosmos he was he was miscast because they cast him to be carl sagan instead of himself it's kind of a shame because the original Cosmos is the best TV series uh, in the history of TV series.
0: Um,
2: Although the the new Cosmos, the new Cosmos, I mean, the 2014 Cosmos, fantastic. And if you could f- fucking find a place to watch Cosmos, possible worlds, season two of Cosmos, I defy you to find it outside of torrenting it. I, I, anyway, I would love to see that. But, but
1: I'll say they they don't even like, like Steve, like his, what makes him fabulous is him answering questions to basically non believers. That's what makes him the rock and roll scientist because he can take your question and fucking shove it in your face and make you laugh. You know, he's like a cool dude, but he's a part of the, the disinformation because they've gotten to him. He's the type of guy that talks about coronavirus and compares it to UFOs, where he's like, you know, he even says it. He's like, it's kinda like, you know, if aliens were attacking us, if we could all get together and fight this COVID thing together. And so not to bring in COVID, but like my Yeah. My, like Steven Greer brings up COVID and and the idea is is that this is them testing us to see well fuck man, I don't wanna sound too fucking crazy. But um um it, it's like proof that Stephen that um, um, there's Neil deGrasse Tyson is like in on it because he's making the parallels that are the brainwashing parallels. So like like, okay, let's say let's say Tom Delong, right? I don't think that Tom Delong is doing anything bad on purpose, but what he is doing bad, is he's adding to the narrative that UFOs...
2: They're a national security threat.
1: That they are a national security threat. And so he's not doing that on purpose. That's being fed to him, and he's spreading that. And it's like he's yeah. accidentally making us afraid of aliens when he's just trying to expose the truth.
2: I think that he here we have essentially uh, a, a giddy guy who who has been obsessed with aliens his whole life. And then suddenly, you know, out of nowhere, the To the Stars Academy just kind of happens. And then, like it says in, in Stephen Greer's documentary, CE5, uh, To the Stars Academy is a who's who the military industrial complex of people from Lockheed Skunk Works and the Pentagon and uh, these sorts of people. And then they bring out people like Luis Elizondo tried him out on CNN and say, yes, the, these UFOs that are, that are on the gun camera uh, from these Nimitz encounters show that we don't have control of our airspace. And, uh, and so, I mean, all this,
1: all this is the story. They're getting ahead of all the stories so that they can control the narrative. And, and, and so Stephen Greer keeps saying, Hey, don't pay attention to anything. You can meditate and you can care about the future, and you can communicate with aliens. And that's what we should be doing.
2: Right. I think that, you know, I'm glad you brought up disinformation, Wade, because I I do have the strong sense that Stephen Greer uh, might be a disinfo agent. And that's not, that's not, you know, some kind of controversial opinion. Plenty of people think this. a lot
1: of people think that and it's weird because I, I fully believe in him. And I'm like, when I hear people say he could be that, I'm like, it's weird because he's got me.
2: Well, and here's, I'll, I'll let me say some things in support of and, and against the argument that he's a, a disinfo agent. So one thing that makes me believe what he says is when I met him at the Sirius premiere in 2013 at LA live, Um, he had two, he's already jacked. He has three jacked bodyguards wearing sidearms around him at all times. So this to me says, this to me makes me believe his narrative that his life is always in danger and that people that he knows have been mysteriously suicided or whatever. And he's constantly getting death threats. Um, I do have to wonder if he was representing such a threat to the establishment. I think he would have been taken out a long time ago. Um, I think that's just my, that's just my opinion. Um, One of the things that tends to make me think that he, that this could be disinformation is uh, what about all of the alien abduction accounts? Um, I think that there are people out there who believe what they say And when they come forward with their truth, their family dissolves, marriages end, they lose their jobs, they lose custody of their children because they're coming forward with their stories. I'm not here to say whether or not these stories are real, but what about those stories? What Stephen Greer would say is that um, the Air Force Special, Office of Special Operations is using literally deformed human beings that are dressing up as aliens and the military is staging abductions, uh, and this accounts for the whole of the cattle mutilation and alien abduction phenomenon, to me that seems like an an easy answer. It's right up there with the Air Force's report on Roswell, Roswell case closed from 1997 to commemorate the 50th anniversary of Roswell in which they said it was crash test dummies. Only the crash test dummy program didn't happen until, like, 1951.
0: Yeah, they've changed it. Maybe you're right, but you have to understand how insane it sounds to say that there's a government entity who's casting deformed humans, <laughs> putting them into alien outfits, and then, like, and then like pulling off these, these weird alien abductions. It's, that, it's, it's the height of insanity. It, well, it it is, but let me. Well, let me, it's, uh, it's it's the it. height of logistics. Like, so how do you cast it? Well, who's the who's the costumer? If you were, these people are were fine gay, with doing it, and they're just gonna so go
1: deformed. That you could only play an alien who is abducting somebody, and all of a sudden you don't have. Listen, that person doesn't have a good social life. That person can't go. To McDonald's and enjoy themselves. Mm-hmm. That so so you have this weird deformed person mm-hmm. that all of a sudden is a secret government agent because there. How many?
0: On a how sport. many of those people do you think are out there? <laughs> well, like, whatever. I'm just
1: I'm just laughing because I'm like, if I was deformed, I would imagine that that I would have so much angst against humanity because. Uh, uh, Fucking everyone's a piece of shit. Even a little tiny child is laughing at me. I'm gonna scare I'm fine getting paid to scare you and never pay taxes again. I'm just like that version, I'm like, that's easy, My, That's easy to fall into. I'm like, dude, what else are you gonna do? You're gonna you're gonna work at a gas station where Let me just say this
0: about a lot of a lot of these conspiracy theories on 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 surface level i can sort of get behind them i can go like okay yeah oh the military industrial complex yeah that's a bad thing like i get that um to go to the extent of <laughs> just faking uh alien abductions right for for the purpose to, of making when, people when, scared of aliens well wait wait, wait, wait when hold we hold have hold, hold. no con- wait hang on when we have no control over that spending anyway, like that shit happens anyway. Willie talks about it all the time, like black money. Where's all this Pentagon money going? All yeah. this shit. Our fucking military budget is insane. We don't know where any of it's going. They don't need to make up a bunch of shit yeah. to like continue siphoning money. Totally. You know, so, so my, my
1: answer to that real quick is um, um, here's the thing. If you want to, I mean, I mean, <clears throat> just, just take everything at face value. Let's say that there are at least 38 intelligent civilizations in our galaxy. And let's say that this is all real and that they're waiting for us to grow up enough to join the galactic community. Well, let's say that you're in charge of some stuff and you have... Let's take all the rich people in the world. Let's use the word cabal. Let's let's take all the, the, the rich people in the world. What happens when we join the galactic community? You have no power. You have no money. You lose every bit of control that you have. Right Now, now if these entities are strong enough to run civilization, then I believe that they are strong enough to scare us into into actually moving us backwards in the, in in humanity to never even be able to join them. You know, like when I picture the path of humanity now, and I picture the entertainment, the the personal individual, like, listen, man, I just want to fucking watch my TV. Leave me the fuck alone. I want to own a gun and watch TV. Fuck. Yeah. That's it. It makes me go like, wow, it's happening and and how do how do you get there you convince people let, i mean let's say so so your biggest fear if you're part of that cabal is hey these aliens crashed oh wait how are they driving because that if you answer that question and say well they don't have gas they're they you know they have nobody governing them and they aren't retaliating those three answers provide the reason why of how to join the galactic community. We um, don't have gasoline. We aren't burning, consuming fuels to get anywhere. We represent ourselves and we we don't need to pay. You know, I'm just saying that like, this is why I believe Stephen Greer so much is because when I picture what humanity needs to be to join a galactic community, these are the only answers that allow us to join. Because we're not going to get there by being like, hey, fucking Walmart uh, paid for this space program and we met aliens, you know? Like the entities that are making money on Earth today, Mm -hmm. they do not respect humanity.
2: Yeah, and I, I think that the, you know, extraterrestrials or not, I think that what we're pointing toward is we are sort of at a crisis point as a race um you know there's there's a whole conversation now about defund the police obviously there's no comp notice how there's no conversation about defund the military The military gets 700 800 billion dollars a year and willie as i'm sure you've said on this program uh since fiscal year 1998 the the pentagon is literally missing 20 trillion dollars where, does, where is all this money going? We have a right to know where this money is going. And if, it's, if this is what we're spending our blood and treasure on, as Stephen Greer would say, to fight wars, we deserve to be snuffed out as a civilization.
1: We, for all the money that we spend on military and actually, we're we're paying to kill people. We're paying to kill anybody who's in our way.
2: Right. And it's like, you know, John Bolton, the celebrity of the moment, uh, obviously a scathing expose of Trump. What about, you know, or 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 um, uh, not to get too political, but Colin Powell, you know, they're trotting out Colin Powell on CNN saying, uh, I don't think Trump is a good guy. He's a liar. Well, what? And I'm, I'm not saying Trump isn't a liar. But what about when you lied to the United Nations and said that Iraq had yellow cake? Um, yeah. And and then hundreds of thousands of uh, brown people die overseas because of the actions of our military. That's completely absent from this conversation we're having now about policing. And I think it's it should be it should be on the same level. But I, I guess my point is: Are we going to choose to evolve as a species or not? And if we need to get in contact with benevolent ETs to get there, then I'm all for it.
1: Well, my, my immediate response to that is what's cool about this is whether you believe it or not, Stephen Greer's answer to the future of humanity is if 1% of us care about the other 99% and we, and we meditate and we try to communicate with aliens, to, that that can actually help humanity and so that this is why i'm a champion for him is because it all it takes is you you yeah. don't need to, you don't need to convince some fucking re- religious I'm, i say really i don't i don't mean to throw i keep throwing religion under the boat right um, but you
2: don't need a priest you don't need a priest to be the conduit to jesus or god you, you can have it and
1: yeah. you need to care and that's it
2: and and you know let's say let's say they're there are no ETs visiting Earth. Um, the, the, the meditation uh, experiments that you described in cities where a certain number of people are meditating and they can point to crime dropping, that's real. Yeah. Um, so like even if, even if uh, ETs are completely removed from the equation, hum, humans should be doing this. I, I believe that strongly.
1: My, my crazy thing is if, if the meditative state can provide better rest for you than sleeping, maybe humanity wasn't meant to sleep. And maybe we lost this meditative technique.
2: Yeah. Now, I know... Uh Here's oh, the
1: thing. yeah, lot to unpack. I'm, I'm I'm loving everything I'm saying right now. What do What do you think? <laughs> yeah,
0: but you're but you're God damn, you're jumping into the fucking deep end. Like, I know. I know. With no how, regard for like the people who are afraid to just like wander into the shallow end. Right? Yeah. Like, how do we make so, this
2: accessible to the the casual listener who's like, what the fuck are they talking about?
0: It's not even about the listeners. <laughs> it's, it's 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 that like everything that you guys are saying is correct. Like. Um, the people in charge have all the power and all of the money and that needs to change. And I've, you know, I've been listening for a long time and I was thinking like all humanity wants is to just be left alone and like, give me my stuff. As long as I have enough stuff, I don't care that anyone has more stuff. Right. But then I was thinking like the only reason we're conditioned to think that is because we have been conditioned to think that. And that, I mean, like everybody, uh, I mean, this sounds stupid, but, um, I, 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 I understand the points that you're leading to. It's all lost on me when the solution is let's meditate to the aliens. Well, let me ask
1: a good you. point. When I think about this and I go, listen, man, it does sound crazy. Let's 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 say that Stephen. Gry- well, uh, sorry, just to finish.
0: I'm sorry to cut right. you off, but just right. to finish my point. If you channeled all of this, like instead of believe in aliens, they are our solution. Into like, hey, why is it like this? Can't we change this? Because like meditating to aliens isn't going to do anything. It's just. Because I don't believe in aliens. Right.
1: You, I know. I think and, you and could... Listen, listen, most people don't. And so let's take the opposite because, because maybe this is something constructive we can do. Let's say that Stephen Greer is actually an agent of misinformation and he's getting us to focus on shit that is bullshit. And let's say meditation is shit. There's no aliens.
2: Yeah, so, maybe what we should be doing is marching on the Pentagon, for instance. Well, what and he, and he's saying... That? He's saying you should be you know, jerking off, meditating it's, to aliens.
1: making us um, not active against our government because our answer is, hey, let's ask these, if I can communicate with this alien, that's all I need. I don't need to throw myself into the fire.
0: And 100%, that's exactly what I'm saying. Like, we can be upset by all these things that are obviously happening. I just don't think that meditating is, is the solution.
1: The only reason why I'm on board with it and, and listen I listen I understand listen I said listen so many times I know that uh, uh, I could be wrong about things I always take that into consideration when I meditate I do feel more rested I do feel more connected to the universe and so like it makes me say you can't believe any of this until you do it and yeah. And also, most people don't get into a meditative state from somebody being like, imagine an island, and and you're there by yourself. You know, I'm just saying, like, everyone's making money off of everything. Most people don't get into a meditative state from a guided meditation.
2: Yeah. You know, I mean, you could, you could substitute meditating to make aliens show up. You could...
1: And I see UFOs every night. Go on.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's interesting. Um, you know, replace aliens with um, become a, become a Buddhist or try to try to induce out of body experiences. Try take uh, take ayahuasca and and have and directly commune with these beings, which may or may not be extraterrestrials, or may or may not be extra dimensional, um, uh, deepen your religious practice. I I think that what, what, what Steven Greer is pointing to is trying to connect to some other level of reality so that we can get some kind of objectivity in our lives to know that a um, consciousness continues after death that um, that we're all connected um, that what I do to my next door neighbor has reverberations throughout the cosmos. I really think that it's, it's as simple as, as that. And I realize how silly and how stupid it sounds on the face of it, meditating to make aliens show up. And there are disturbing parallels to the, what is called the contactee movement of the 1950s, which is, this was prior to the abduction thing with Betty and Barney Hill and James Earl Jones and the mom from Roseanne in 1962. (laughs) Uh, This was any yokel could get a book deal by saying, aliens picked me up and they took me to Venus and they showed me, they told me that we shouldn't be having nuclear weapons. We shouldn't be having wars on this planet. They said, there's a better way. Um, That was, that was the, unfortunately those kind of people Including like the guy who built the IntegraTron out in out in uh, the desert, um, felt that they were in contact with extraterrestrial beings, and unfortunately, it discredited the entire movement. And there are legitimate things that happened from a national security point of view and from a real life point of view in the history of the UFO phenomenon, really starting in 1945. There's a mountain of evidence, but unfortunately, these people tend to distract and say, oh, yeah, my space brother from Jupiter. Um, and it, it's sort of like the, uh, I hate to use this phrase, but it's like the turd in the punch bowl. Um, yeah.
1: and, and so so have to, if you're into this stuff, like I am, you have to accept that half of the stuff that you think is real can't be. The disinformation is meant to hit people like me who want to believe in this stuff. So just for the fact that there is government money being spent on disinformation, I have to accept that half of the shit that I think is cool is fake.
2: I think that this is, you know, I think disinformation sort of reached critical mass from a pop culture point of view in the 90s. It was sort of... Communism is over and there's sort of a new paranoia of the American public about its government and what are these black budgets and are these triangular craft uh, a secret, uh, a secret aircraft coming from Groove Lake and Bob Lazar and, and everything else that came out of the 90s. And I have to say that growing up, you know, exactly during that time, it was like a, a bullseye painted right in my forehead. I, I fucking bought it all. I bought every book. I watched every documentary. And unfortunately, I may be the, the, the personification of, or I might be the, the end product of government disinformation. Or yeah. at the very worst, tucksters trying to make a buck.
1: And even Doom, who, who, who we're using for this second podcast, is doing things that I don't agree with. They're giving all the information to the government.
2: which group i'm sorry
1: zoom the zoom oh yeah yeah. is being presented to the government so it like i don't like that but what else can we use right now i know there's other options i'm just saying like this is fucking bullshit right now happening that i don't agree with
2: yeah what what i will cop to is for me this search for and this is this is like uh i'm drinking uh space beer by the way in honor of our conversation and (laughs) starburns industries this is starburst ipa just like starburns anyway um i i forgot what i was gonna say (laughs) i was talking about
0: well listen i'll say this about this entire thing i think the thesis of of this discussion believe in aliens or not um because well, I, I, never, I never thought that, like, believing in aliens would be politicized like this, right? Um, because it's, it, it's all about, like, weaponizing space, right? And, like, keeping the money. The rich just want to keep their money and they just want to, like, pour it into space. Whatever, whatever fulfills their fucking military contracts, all that shit. Right. And you're, you're pointing
2: something very important, which is you always need a boogeyman. The populace always needs to, needs to have an enemy, and right. it, it was communism, and then it's terrorists, and then I don't know if it's Antifa protesters right now. But ultimately, as Stephen Greer says, it's going to be aliens as the ultimate false flag.
1: Asteroids and, first. Are we going to have asteroids that we need to like break up? Go on, asteroids and in. Air.
2: That that might make more sense actually. Yeah, we need to put nuclear weapons in orbit so we can. Deflect so, asteroids.
1: As soon as we deflected an asteroid, I'm like, "Oh fuck, this is all real." Go on. But I,
2: but I yeah. think I think that this is this is absolutely real. We we need to have the um, look at uh, Germany with with um, Jews. You always need. You can't. You Ronald Reagan said in a 1987 address to the United Nations. I often think uh, how how easily our troubles would. Fade away. If we were facing some threat from outside this world, um, it's my shitty Ronald Reagan. But you, you need you need an enemy to unite the people. Unfortunately,
1: that's why that's what I was saying about fucking Neil deGrasse Tyson. He's comparing COVID to an alien invasion. We need to all like get together to fight it. I'm like you're, you're you're giving everybody the kool aid. Whatever. Shut up.
2: You're yeah. Like, but uh, but I will say I will grant you, Wade, that what we're talking about is is like next level conspiracy theory. This isn't like nine eleven was an inside job. This is they're going to fake an alien invasion using high technology to usher in a world government and militarize space.
0: That, yeah, that, right. But the basis of it is is all correct. Like the basis of it is. These people will have all the money, and they're going to do whatever they need to to keep the money, right? I mean, like, if you don't believe in aliens, then they're then they're disinformation. If you do, then they're justification to continue spending money. Like, I think, I think, I don't know, like. I don't know if we're going to be the next it feels to me like right now we need an age of enlightenment part two where we sort of like go back to science, go back to like common good. We need like a new Renaissance and I, it feels a lot like we're at the tipping point for that. Like with the black lives matters protests and just COVID and like, a, 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 a virus being politicized and right. people taking sides in a, a virus—it feels like there's a lot of people who are who are starting to sort of smell the bullshit and 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 go like, "Oh, why are we leaving it up to these people? Like we sure. need to fucking sort of take over, right?" I, and I think that's I think that's what we're talking about more than I I think Stephen so. Greer.
2: This is this is I think. I mean, think about 100 years ago. My friend Austin Stock, creator of Little Stevie Wonders, is fond of saying, 100 years ago, we were cowboys. 150 years ago, we were cowboys. And now we have satellites and nuclear weapons and cell phones. I mean,
1: we jumped so fast that it makes more sense that we reverse-engineered alien shit. Because how did we go from fucking kicking a horse to make him go faster... To fucking iPhone fucking eleven,
0: right? I mean, maybe we're good. I don't. I don't know. I mean, like, I'm always going to fight against that. We have to rely on aliens in some way because I feel like that's that makes us not. Then, I, I, then, then we're just dogs or whatever.
1: Because that relying on aliens to save us is is believing in destiny. It's and and that's what this is. The this is why I hard. I harshly hit religion so hard is because there are people out there saying, well, if I get COVID, that's fucking God's will. You you are allowing anything to happen to you so that you don't stand up for yourself. What the fuck?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, I think of Gene Roddenberry. I'm like a huge Star Trek nerd but he he said in an interview when he was doing Next Generation, um, you know, no ancient atro- astronauts didn't build the pyramids. The humans built them because we're clever and we work hard. And I'm not here to, t- to say whether or not humans built the pyramids, but I, his point is well taken. Um, uh, we are an extremely clever race. I just hope that we are clever enough to dig ourselves out of this this moment. And I think you're right. I think we're on the precipice of a new enlightenment or unfortunately, I think we're on the precipice of a new dark age. And I really think it could either go
1: well, listen, either way. The crazy thing is like, like if you want to be hopeful, I think it's great to fall in line with, um, um, with, I, I forget the guy's name, but he's, you know, when you start talking about, um, Age of Enlightenment, like basically, there's somebody who came up with this idea that uh, Sirius, and that Sirius is a binary system, and that um, um, when Sirius, our our golden age and bronze ages and all that shit, is basically in relation to a couple of stars near us and when they move around, when they align with themselves um, brings us the golden age and that like, we are actually in the fucking bottom of the dark age and we're tipping up.
2: I hope so. God, I hope so.
1: And so, so things kind of just happen. I know this is another thing where it makes you be like, well, you know, it'll all work out and I don't need to actually do anything because I feel like we all need to act somehow but um the idea is is that our humanity consciousness is affected by the binary system of Sirius, mm-hmm. and that we we are turning up we're we're at the bottom we're moving towards a better. Yeah.
0: you know it's a little disarming just because then it then then it is a, a, almost a faith argument only using celestial patterns right where you're just like well shit's going wrong because of Sirius, or
2: or you could say you know you could say look look, look at graham hancock for instance um, in his latest book, where he says there was a, the Earth is in the path of a of a meteor stream that that passes once every twelve thousand five hundred years, and there was an advanced civilization on Earth that was wiped out, and there's now geological evidence of this, and we're getting into the, we're moving into the meteor stream again. Um, I think it's sort of it's kind of like pick your you know, um, it's almost like you can almost pick whichever belief system resonates with you.
1: Graham you know? Hancock is one of those guys where I'm like, you say too many things that scare me. I don't I don't buy into Graham Hancock, but I love hearing I mean like he's in or whatever. I'm only saying that because I'm like Well on.
2: you could do you could do a whole show on Graham Hancock, I think. But um you know, I think that I mean I think about being in high school and Y2K is is coming right around the corner. And I remember watching a tape hosted by Leonard Nimoy and he's telling you like how to prepare for Y2K. Um there's there seems to be I think that if you looked at the past 100 years, you could have prognosticators talking about the end of the world. Uh I mean it's it's been going on for for a very long time. Um and I think that speaks to are incredible advances in technology and our ability to adapt to this technology and use it in a responsible way or not. But I remember, you know, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say I stockpiled food in my 16-year-old closet uh, in anticipation of Y2K, and I would have, you know, it was peanut butter crackers and Sprite, I would have lasted approximately two weeks. Um,
0: That's but it's, so cute. <laughs>
2: I know. I was. I, I was like. I was all about Y2K, and then there was a Nostradamus prophecy. Yeah, yeah. There was a quatrain that said, "In the year nineteen ninety nine, in seventh month, the King of Terror reigned from above." People thought that was going to be a nuclear war, or was going to be an asteroid. And I was in summer school at the time, and I was like, "Shit, I'd like to live beyond 16. Um,
1: yeah, twenty twelve was hard for me because I'm like, I need to be in Colorado for Christmas in case California falls off the map
2: did you go back to Cal- to colorado yeah <laughs> i was i was an assistant editor on the people's choice awards and it was eleven fifty eight on december 20th 2012 and i was i was thinking well i've got 12 more minutes to live uh if, if these people are right and you were yeah. just
1: working going like well fuck i mean i gotta keep working
2: It was like, I I better edit this package of ABC's Once Upon a Time, um, in time for tomorrow, Uh, anyway.
0: Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I think we've kind of covered the ground. We should probably wrap it up. Um, Willie, do you have any final thoughts?
1: My, 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 yes, I do. Basically, if the war, I just – I don't mean to spread the the disinformation that there are a select few that run everything that, like, are getting their way. Oh, you know, leaders have died because they tried to change the currency back to gold. You know, I, just saying, like, do I believe that's possible? Yeah. In the history of humans – is there a chance that right now um, um, there are people in charge that are spreading disinformation to make it so that I don't know what's actually going on? Are aliens here and we've, we've seen their technology and they're hiding it from us so that we don't uh, stop paying them forever? I mean my answer is the proof is in the pudding there's a power company that was responsible for
2: 84 deaths the
1: paradise fire and and the 84 people died and 84 times in court they had to say guilty you know and uh, uh, they got a $3 million fine and nobody went to jail and, and that is the state of the world in that the business got away with killing people. If, 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 if that fire was started by one person, that person would have gone to jail for the deaths of eight of four people because it was a company. They had to pay a giant fine mm-hmm. and nobody went to jail and the company still exists. And so, to me, that is the proof that money is in charge of humanity.
2: Without question, without like, question.
1: Like there are people that are in jail for the rest of their lives for owning weed. For sure. weed? Three strikes, you're out. Whatever. And so.
2: And and not and yet not a single arrest in the. Um, 2008 financial crisis nobody yeah. went to jail um just like in uh, you know the cia abu Ghraib cia torture sites now we have the chief architect of the torture as head of the cia um there's, there's a tremendous amount of failing upward when it comes to these very powerful institutions and no one is held accountable um i completely agree so I think what it yeah go please go ahead, totally. Agree.
1: I, I mean I mean that's it. Like like if you if you don't believe in anything that I'm saying, look at who's getting in trouble. Nobody from the corporation side of anything, and I know that's blanket, and I can say that, and it's fun, and, and it proves everything. But I'm like, it is the proof? Yeah, they are getting away with everything. Money is what is in charge of humanity. And no matter what you believe, if you think it's wrong, they're saying, oh, these looters should go to prison. And I'm like, these looters, these these rioters should get locked up and thrown into jail. And it makes me say the people running the jail are the problem.
2: Not the jail. Well, you know, again, a whole other episode, but you have an intentional cultivation of a criminal class Prison, industrial complex. Uh, you, there's a there. There are corporations that have vested interests in a steady stream of people coming into prisons.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, Andy, any final thoughts on Stephen Greer? <laughs> <laughs>
2: I know this. This is this conversation's been all over the map. What I would just say is the C, It's called CE5, Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind. It's available on iTunes and presumably other formats. I'm not here to shill for Stephen Greer, but I will say it is worth seeing. Um,
1: if you're it, broke, I'll give you my password. Just email us. Go on.
2: Yeah, I think you know it's a really interesting documentary. Also, Jeremy Jeremy Piven is the narrator. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I think <laughs> no, that I just I will never
0: watch. <laughs> <one>. <laughs>
2: Uh, un- yeah, unfortunately, That guy
0: charges $4,000 for a fucking cameo. Like, guy's insane. Oh, Christ.
2: Well, wa- watch the documentary because there is some truly stunning photographs and video from CE5 events where UFOs have shown up. And I think at the very... You have people like constitutional attorney Daniel Sheehan who was involved in the Pentagon Papers. You have a lot of really, really interesting people who make a strong case for this, and I think it's really good food for thought in a time when we are in massively in need of distraction.
0: All right, I'll say this, Stephen Greer. I don't trust anyone with muscles like that. It just means they have something to hide. They're, they're they're. I can't I can't take you seriously as a doctor if you have muscles like that. I know the doctor is like the body is a temple type shit. But this guy's insane. You know what? I'm inclined. I'm inclined
2: to agree. There's something weird going on with those muscles. He's
0: hiding something. I don't. I don't. All, all the all the alien stuff. You know, I don't really believe in. Um, I do think that like uh, we we need a revolution, um, or eat the rich, all that shit. Um, Andy, thank you so much for being here. Do you have a Twitter to plug or anything like that? You know,
2: I'm trying to stay off Twitter these days. Twitter is so toxic.
0: Oh my God, it's 100% politics.
2: It's just politics. Uh, yeah, I have a Twitter. I post like twice a year. Uh, uh,
0: it, any you uh, plug anything? It all right, all right.
2: Well, it's my Twitter is UFO Kitty because I like cats and I like UFOs. Um, uh, Check out uh, check out my uh, page on on channel101.com. There's some fun uh, fun shows.
1: And go to channel101.com and search his name.
2: I won best editor in 2019 for uh, my show, Mr. Coffee Man, which plays with the conventions of news broadcasts, which is <laughs> sort of relevant to our conversation. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah very much.
1: <laughs> Willie, anything? Uh, you know, really bad movies. Uh, I got a movie coming out this year so subscribe on it on instagram
0: (laughs) you've got a movie coming out well yeah the one that you're in oh okay (laughs) uh yeah i mean you guys know where to find me i'm not going to say anything um go to our patreon patreon.com slash real life sci-fi become a friend of Charles kwan have your name read at the beginning of the episode and if you don't want to do that be a be a cheaper patreon subscriber and get two bonus episodes a week andy thank you so much for being here um and remember just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they're not after you thanks for listening everybody